Hello and welcome to Leftist Reading, a podcast where I'm a leftist and I read things. Today we are continuing with the curriculum of Marxism-Leninism. We just finished the first chapter, which was a brief introduction to Marxism and Leninism, the history of them, and the context under which they were developed. And now we're moving on to a new chapter. So let's crack right into it. Chapter 2. Objects, Purposes, and Requirements for Studying the Basic Principles of Marxism-Leninism 1. Objects and Purposes of Study The objects of study of this book, the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism, are the fundamental viewpoints of Marxism-Leninism in its three component parts. Annotation 42 Remember that a viewpoint is the starting point of analysis, which determines the direction of thinking and the perspective from which problems are considered. Also remember that Marxism-Leninism has three component parts. See annotation 22. 1. The philosophy of Marxism, including dialectical materialism and historical materialism. 2. The political economy of Marxism a system of knowledge and laws that define the production process and commodity exchange in human society. 3. Scientific Socialism, the system of thought pertaining to the establishment of the communist social economy form. These objects of study stand as the viewpoints, the starting points of analysis, of Marxist-Leninist philosophy and the three component parts of which it's composed. In the scope of Marxist-Leninist philosophy, the first component part of Marxism-Leninism, these objects of study are dialectical materialism, the fundamental and most universal worldview and methodologies which form the theoretical core of a scientific worldview, materialist dialectics, the science of development, of common relationships, and of the most common rules of motion and development of nature, society, and human thought. Historical materialism. The application and development of materialism and dialectics in studying social aspects. Historical materialism is the topic of part two of the textbook from which this entire text has been translated, which the translator hopes to translate in the future. Annotation 43. Remember that scientific in Marxism-Leninism refers to a systematic pursuit of knowledge, research, theory, and understanding. See annotation 1. Note also that worldview refers to the whole of an individual's or society's opinions and conceptions about the world, about humans ourselves, and about life and the position of human beings in the world. Thus, a scientific worldview is a worldview that is expressed by a systematic pursuit of knowledge and definitions and categories that generally and correctly reflect the relationships of things, phenomena, and processes in the objective material world, including relationships between humans, as well as relationships between humans and the world. In the scope of Marxist-Leninist political economics, the second component part of Marxism-Leninism, the objects of study are the theory of value and the theory of surplus value. Economic theory about monopolist capitalism and state monopolist capitalism 
general economic rules about capitalist production methods, from the stage of formation, to the stage of development, to the stage of perishing, which will be followed by the birth of a new production method, the communist production method. Annotation 44. Marxist-Leninist political economics is the topic of part 3 of the textbook from which this entire text has been translated, which the translator hopes to translate in the future. In the scope of scientific socialism, the third component part of Marxism-Leninism, the objects of study are the historical mission of the working class and the progression of a socialist revolution, matters related to the future formation and development periods of the communist socio-economic form, guidelines for the working class in implementing our historical mission, the purposes of studying the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism are to master Marxist-Leninist viewpoints of science, revolution, and humanism, to thoroughly understand the most theoretical foundation of Ho Chi Minh thought, the revolutionary path, and the ideological foundation of the Vietnam Communist Party. Based on that basis, we can build a scientific worldview and methodology and a revolutionary worldview build our trust in our revolutionary ideals, creatively apply them in our cognitive and practical activities, and in practicing and cultivating morality to meet the requirements of Vietnamese people in the cause of building a socialist Vietnam. Annotation 45. The humanism of Marxism-Leninism differs greatly from the humanism of Furabach discussed in Annotation 12. Marxist-Leninist humanism concerns itself with the liberation of all humans. As Marx and Engels wrote in The Communist Manifesto, quote, The free development of each is the condition for the free development of all. End quote. 2. Some basic requirements of the studying method. There are some basic requirements for studying the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism. First, Marxist-Leninist theses were conceptualized under many different circumstances in order to solve different problems, so the expressions of thought of Marxist-Leninists can vary. Therefore, students studying the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism must correctly understand its spirit and essence and avoid theoretical purism and dogmatism. Annotation 46 Marxism-Leninism should be understood as an applied science, and application of this science will vary based on material conditions, as Engels wrote in a personal letter in 1887 remarking on the socialist movement in the USA, quote, Our theory is a theory of evolution, not a dogma to be learned by heart and to be repeated mechanically. The less it is drilled into the Americans from outside, and the more they test it with their own experience, the deeper will it pass into their flesh and blood. End quote. As an example, Lenin tailored his actions and ideas specifically to suit the material conditions of Russia under the Tsar and in the early revolutionary period. Russia's material conditions were somewhat unique during the time of Lenin's revolutionary activity, since Russia was an agrarian monarchy with a large peasant population and a relatively undeveloped industrial sector. As such, Lenin had to develop strategies, tactics, and ideas which suited those specific material conditions. 
such as determining that the industrial working class and agricultural peasants should work together. As Lenin explained in The Proletariat and the Peasantry, quote, Thus, the red banner of the class-conscious workers means, first, that we support with all our might the peasants' struggle for full freedom and all the land. Secondly, it means that we do not stop at this, but go on further. We are waging, besides the struggle for freedom and land, a fight for socialism. End quote. Obviously, this statement would not be specifically applicable to a society with highly developed industry and virtually no rural peasants, such as, for instance, the modern-day USA, just as Lenin's remarks about the Tsar would not be specifically applicable to any society that does not have an institution of monarchy. As another example, take the works of Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh thought is defined by the Communist Party of Vietnam as, quote, a complete system of thought about the fundamental issues of the Vietnam Revolution, end quote. In other words, Ho Chi Minh thought is a specific application of the principles of Marxism-Leninism to the material conditions of Vietnam. One unique aspect of Vietnam's revolution, which Ho Chi Minh focused on, was colonization. As a colonized country, Ho Chi Minh realized that Vietnam had unique challenges and circumstances that would need to be properly addressed through revolutionary struggle. Another unique aspect of Vietnam's material conditions was the fact that the colonial administration of Vietnam changed hands throughout the revolution, from France to Japan, back to France, then to the USA. Ho Chi Minh was able to dynamically and creatively apply Marxism-Leninism to these shifting material conditions. For instance, in Founding of the Indo-Chinese Communist Party, written in 1930, Ho Chi Minh explains some of the unique problems faced by the colonized people of Indochina, modern-day Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia, and proposes solutions specific to these unique material conditions. Quote, On the one hand, they, the French, use the feudalists and comprador bourgeoisie, of Vietnam to oppress and exploit our people. On the other, they terrorize, arrest, jail, deport, and kill a great number of Vietnamese revolutionaries. If the French imperialists think that they can suppress the Vietnamese revolution by means of terror, they are grossly mistaken. For one thing, the Vietnamese Revolution is not isolated, but enjoys the assistance of the world proletariat in general and that of the French working class in particular. Secondly, it is precisely at the very time when the French imperialists are frenziedly carrying out terrorist acts that the Vietnamese communists, formerly working separately, have united into a single party, the Indochinese Communist Party, to lead the revolutionary struggle of our entire people. End quote. During this period, the nations of Indochina were predominantly agricultural, prompting Ho Chi Minh to suggest in the same text that it would be necessary quote, to establish a worker-peasant-soldier government and 
to confiscate all the plantations and property belonging to the imperialists and the Vietnamese reactionary bourgeoisie and distribute them to the poor peasants. Obviously, all of these considerations are specific to the material conditions of Indochina under French colonial rule in 1930. By 1939, the situation was changing rapidly. Ho Chi Minh was operating from China, which was being invaded by fascist Japan. He knew that it was only a matter of time before the Japanese Imperial Army would come to threaten Vietnam and the rest of Indochina. As such, Ho Chi Minh wrote a letter to the Indochinese Communist Party outlining recommendations, strategies, and goals pertaining to the precipitating material conditions. At that time, France had not yet been invaded by Germany, but Ho Chi Minh was very aware of the looming threat of fascism both in Europe and in Asia. He realized that rising up in revolutionary civil war against the French colonial administration would give fascist Japan the opportunity to quickly conquer all of Indochina, which is why he made the following recommendations in a letter to the Communist Party of Indochina in 1939. Quote, Our party should not strive for demands which are too high, such as total independence or establishing a house of representatives. If we do that, we will fall into the trap of fascist Japan. For now, we should only ask for a democracy, freedom to organize, freedom to hold meetings, freedom of speech, and for the release of political prisoners. We should also fight for our party to be organized and to operate legally. End quote. Once France fell to Germany in 1940, Indochina was immediately handed over to Japanese colonial rule. The Japanese army was brutal in its occupation of Vietnam, and the French colonial administrators surrendered entirely to the Japanese empire and helped the Japanese to administer all of Indochina. Ho Chi Minh returned to Vietnam in January of 1941 and participated directly with the resistance struggle against Japan until 1945. When the situation once again changed dramatically due to the Japanese military's surrender to Allied forces and withdrawal from Vietnam. He immediately took advantage of this situation and held a successful revolution against both the Japanese and French administrators. In the Declaration of Independence for the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh wrote, quote, after the Japanese had surrendered to the Allies, our whole people rose to regain our national sovereignty and to found the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. The truth is that we have wrested our independence from the Japanese and not from the French. The French have fled, the Japanese have capitulated, Emperor Bao Dai has abdicated. Our people have broken the chains which, for nearly a century, have fettered them and have won independence for the homeland." End quote. As France began to make their intentions clear that they would be resuming their colonialist claim to Indochina, Ho Chi Minh began preparing the country for a new chapter in revolutionary struggle. In his 1946 letter to the people of Vietnam, entitled A Nationwide Call for Resistance, Ho Chi Minh wrote, quote, We call everyone, man and woman, old and young, from every ethnic minority, from every religion, to stand up and fight 
to save our country. If you have guns, use guns. If you have swords, use swords. If you have nothing, use sticks. Everyone must stand up and fight." End quote. As these historical developments illustrate, Ho Chi Minh was able to creatively and dynamically apply the principles of Marxism-Leninism to suit the shifting material conditions of Vietnam. Just as Lenin had to creatively and dynamically apply these principles to the emerging situation in Russia in the early 20th century, so is the task of every student of Marxism-Leninism to learn to apply these principles creatively and dynamically to the material conditions at hand. Second, the birth and development of Marxist-Leninist theses is a process. In that process, all Marxist-Leninist theses have strong relationships with each other. They complement and support each other. Thus, students studying each Marxist-Leninist thesis need to put it in proper relation and context with other theses found within each different component part of Marxism-Leninism in order to understand the unity in diversity. See annotation 107. The consistency of every thesis in particular and the whole of Marxism-Leninism in general. Third, an important goal of studying the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism is to understand clearly the most important theoretical basis of Ho Chi Minh thought, of the Vietnam Communist Party and its revolutionary path. Therefore, we must attach Marxist-Leninist theses to Vietnam's revolutionary practice and the world's practice in order to see the creative application of Marxism-Leninism that President Ho Chi Minh and the Vietnam Communist Party implemented in each period of history. Fourth, we must study the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism to meet the requirements for a new Vietnamese people in a new era. So the process of studying is also the process of self-educating and practicing to improve ourselves step by step in both individual and social life. Fifth, Marxism-Leninism is not a closed and immutable theoretical system. On the contrary, it is a theoretical system that continuously develops based on the development of reality. Therefore, the process of studying Marxism-Leninism is also a process of reflection, summarizing and reviewing your own practical experiences and sharing what you've learned from these experiences in order to contribute to the scientific and humanist development of Marxism-Leninism. In addition, when studying the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism, we need to consider these principles in the proper context of the history of the ideological development of humanity. Such context is important because Marxism-Leninism is quintessentially see annotation 6, the product of that history. These requirements have strong relationships with each other. They imbue the studying process with the quintessence of Marxism-Leninism, and more importantly, they help students apply that quintessence into cognitive and practical activities. And that is going to do it for this week. That was the entirety of the next, I guess chapter is not quite the word because chapter one starts next week, but the second half of the introduction to the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism. 
with those basic principles introduced, we can now dig into chapter one next time. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions, you can email leftistreading at gmail.com or contact the show on Twitter at leftistreading. Our intro and outro music is Decisions by Eric Medias. You can find it and more of his work on soundimage.org. And this show is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network. You can go to abnormalmapping.com to find this and lots of other leftist podcasts. You can also go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping to support the network there and get access to bonus podcasts that are well worth the money. That is all for this week, though. Thank you for listening, and keep reading.